man, we've been going witnessing to Wicker Park for the past couple of weeks, man, and we just keep seeing crazier things than the last. But God is good, and he's merciful, and he's faithful, and he wants his children, he wants his babies to come home, amen? So because of that, we're going to continue heading out there and and praying, man, and believing that God's going to do amazing things. So just be in prayer, man. Just everywhere you go, every time, every day, when you get into the presence of God, just lift up this generation because God wants to do something amazing and powerful, you know, in the city of Chicago. And I believe it. I believe for another Chicago fire. Amen? I believe that God wants to revive this city, and, and he's going to use us, you know, people who lay down their lives and say, God, use me. Just lift them up, man, because just think about the people around you, your family members, not even your cousins, man, people your age, your peers, people you went to school with, your neighbors, people you haven't seen in years. Think about them and where they are in their walk today, where they are. And if they were to, to come before the Father today, you know, where would they go, man? So I just believe, man, that we fight. You know, our battle is, is when we get on our knees and we just cry out and we intercede. And then going out, man, it's already, it's just in God's hands. Amen? So this week we went out and we just preaching the gospel. And dude, like, we just, I ran into this guy. We ran into this guy. He was talking about, man, all the sin that he's done in his life. And there's no way, you know, just excuse after excuse. And there's no way that God is going to forgive him. You know, because I don't know what's going on in his life, but, but he knows all the wicked things that he's done, all the vile things that he's done. And he, he doesn't believe that there's a God out there that, that can forgive him, and there's no chance. There's no more chance or hope for him. How many of you guys met somebody like that? Dude, and, and if we start to think with our own minds, man, well, how, how that is, if a man can just walk up to someone and just shoot them point blank or, or just do something disgusting and vile to a little child, how God the Father would forgive them. And to us, that wouldn't make sense because I myself don't think that I would be able to forgive someone like that. You know, and it takes just the, the breaking of the Holy Spirit to get to a point where you can actually say, I forgive someone like that. But see, the difference between us and God is that when he forgives, he forgets. When we forgive, there's times we don't forget. You know, we can say, yes, I forgive you. We have to forgive him, and it's a command. But you know that that's still in your heart. It's still in your mind. And every now and then when a person messes up, again, it comes back. And you can be having an argument with someone or family member, and those situations just come right back up. So we forgave, but we didn't forget. But see, that's what God wants to teach us today, man. The reason why Christ came was to forgive, to to forgive the worst of all sinners. You know, Paul said that he was the worst of all sinners. He killed people, and he denied Christ, and he persecuted the church, right? But yet we can see other people, and we can say, oh, well, Paul wasn't so bad. Saul wasn't so bad, right? Because here you have this man who has been doing disgusting things to children and just putting them up on the Internet. But see, to us, that's the worst of all sin. But see, maybe to God the Father, the worst of all sin is to deny his one and only son. To deny Jesus Christ is the only way. But see, sin is sin. In this world, we all have different consequences, amen? God forgives us, though, but we still have to own up to the consequences. We still have to pay up here in this world. But praise God that he forgives us and that when this life is done and it's over with, we can spend eternity with him. When we come to him with clean hands and a pure heart, when we come and say, God, forgive me. 
And I know in this place you might say, I'm saved and I'm living for Christ. But see, even Christians, even leaders, even worship leaders mess up sometimes. And we forget that God still forgives us. Even though we know the word of truth, we can be weak at some times. We can struggle with anger, bitterness, jealousy. We can struggle in certain areas of our lives, rebellion. But God still forgives us, and I'm here. I want to remind you tonight that no matter where you are in your walk with God, if you've fallen, if you've heard God's voice tell you to do something and you've been disobedient, God is still saying, I forgive you. And there is no condemnation in Christ. Amen? Conviction is of God. Conviction is a good thing. I thank God for conviction. Amen. It's, it's conviction that keeps us on the right path. It's like God just gives us a little whooping, you know, every now and then. It just checks us so we can stay on the straight and narrow. He corrects us and rebukes us because he loves us. We were just talking about parents, you know, I think yesterday during um, her bridal shower and how annoying it was when the parents were so overprotective. Were we talking about that? Yeah. Because they're so overprotective. And I hated when my mom, she wouldn't let me out. And my friends, you know, at the age of 13, 14, would be out in the streets. And I wanted to be out there too. But it was the love that my parents had, which is why they protected me, which is why they made this path that I, so narrow, which is why they had me so close to them. And they wanted to keep me, you know. They wanted to keep me safe, away from the boys. They wanted to keep me away from the drugs and the alcohol. They were guarding me. It's the same thing the father does. So when you feel that correction, it does not feel good. No discipline feels pleasant at the time. Amen? But it's the love, so receive. There's times when I've gone through things in my life, and it just feels terrible, man, to get rebuked. Even just in your own prayer closet, you just know that God is just checking you. He's checking your heart. It's beautiful when you look back because God has just spared you from something worse. See, when we don't listen and we don't heed to that calling, we start backsliding. Amen. God doesn't speak just to speak. When God speaks, things happen. He doesn't talk to, to waste words just to throw around small talk here and there. When God speaks to you and you know that you heard his voice, it's for a reason. And when you walk away and when you turn away and say, hey, that wasn't God. That was just my flesh. Or that was just, you know, the burrito I ate yesterday. You know what I'm saying? It's God. And when God speaks, you listen and you heed to the calling. It's a mighty thing. It's a powerful thing to have the call of God. To be able to hear God's voice is a privilege. And we here in this room have have that privilege. But today we're talking about forgiveness. So we're going to turn to Mark 2, where Jesus heals the paralytic. Ricky can put it up on the screen. Can anyone be forgiven? Yes. Amen. If anybody ever asks you that on the street, yes. It may be hard for us to comprehend, but the answer is yes, and that's what makes our God so amazing, so wonderful, so powerful, because he is not like us. His ways are not our ways. And he can forgive anyone who he wishes to forgive, who he wants to forgive. And guess what? Those ones that we think are the worst and the far off, you know, the prostitutes and just the gangbangers and the, the murderers, those are the ones that, that when God forgives them, he's going to use them to do mighty things. So he's going to set them ablaze, set them on fire. There's this woman on, on MySpace that my sister has, and she used to be part of the, the adult uh, film industry, the per- pornography and all that. She was huge. And this woman, God set her free. He set her free, and this woman is on fire. Her and her husband have a ministry, and what they do is they, they snatch people out of, out of that lifestyle. Women who, who deal with, with um, this kind of lifestyle struggle with drugs and alcohol. And if you go on her MySpace, it's, pretty, it's clean, so you can look at it. 
But it has a slideshow of all these women, women, woman after woman after woman, some men too, who have died. And underneath it, it says what they died of, suicide, drugs, throwing themselves off of buildings, depression, overdose. It's just so sad. But God has saved this woman, and she is set on fire for God, and she is taking things to, to, the, to Congress, and she's just setting up all these laws for these women, and she is preaching the gospel, and she's seeing people get saved. So when we go out on the streets, we might see a drug addict, and we might see a sinner just nasty. You don't even want to go near them. But God sees something deeper in that person. God sees their heart, and he sees the potential when, that when they hear his voice, they're going to rise up and they're going to worship him. They're going to love him and they're going to serve him with all of their heart. See, when you hit rock bottom, that's when you know that you need him, that you have to have God and that the rest of the world has to have God, whether they know it or not. Amen? So let's read this. Jesus heals a paralytic. <clears throat> a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered, so many gathered that there was, I can't read today. So many gathered that there was no room left, that not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof of Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on this earth to forgive sins. I'm going to say that one more time. But that you know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He, says to the, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. So he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Joe preached this message called Roof Breakers. It's powerful, man. If you guys want to look it up on the sermon, it is amazing. He focuses more on the roof breakers, on the, on the men who brought their friend to Jesus. All right? What we can see here is, first of all, when Jesus came back to this town, to Capernaum, people knew that he was there. They knew that, that he had come back because they had just heard someone else testify. The man with leprosy, if you read up above, testified that he healed him. So people knew who Jesus Christ was. When Jesus came back, they knew who he was, and they immediately knew, we have to go there. We have to go because we need to get healed. We need some extra blessings, amen? You think those people were there because they knew that he was the Son of God? No, they were there because they wanted something. They wanted some kind of blessing. Amen. Do you know people just want to get, just receive and receive and receive? And that's why they were around there. But see, these four men came and they had faith. And they knew that if they just got their friend around Jesus, that they would be healed. So he, this was not the only man there that needed healing. But this was the only man there who had faith, who said, friends, take me. 
I need to get healed. I need to walk. Take me. So they lowered him through the roof, and Christ healed him. He says, your sins are forgiven. But see here, his, friend, their fr- his friends brought him there to get healed physically. But Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. See, he knows and understands that, first of all, before we need any physical need in our body, in our life, before we need anything else, our souls need to be forgiven. We need to be for- Our sins need to be forgiven. We need to be right with the living God. But my first question to you is, we need to be like Jesus, amen? Are we like Jesus? Are you living like Jesus, everybody in this room? So when you walk into a room, when you walk into a place, when you walk into a family reunion, do people know who you are? Do people know that when you're sick, they need to call on you? Ask yourself that question. When people are going through struggles and hard times, do they know that they can turn to you because you walk with Christ and they know that you're a man and a woman of God who prays? Ask yourself that question. Because when Jesus walked into a room, he changed the atmosphere, amen? When we walk into Wicker Park, the atmosphere needs to change. You know, the kingdom of light comes in to, you know, to battle the kingdom of darkness. But guess what? It's really not a fight anymore. So when we walk into a room, does it change? Do people come to us? When you go to Wright College, Ricky, Rachel, and everybody else who goes to Wright College, do people know who you are? If they don't, we need to be building relationships with people so they know who we are and they know that we walk with Jesus Christ, that he works with us, and that we're not just some some religious cult, but that we are walking with fire inside of us, that we can lay our hands on the sick and say, hey, you don't believe when I say God can forgive you? Let me show you. You're sick in your body. Let me pray for you. Amen? Jesus walked in the authority to forgive. You know, many Christians have to be taught about the Holy Spirit. We have to learn more and more because there's so much to learn. And we learn that that we, having the Holy Spirit within us, we can lay hands on the sick, right? We have to learn that because there's some people who don't learn that and they they walk around this life and they don't believe they have any power or authority. And, And we learn that we can speak into somebody's life. You know, God can download some, you know, people's mail and we can just read it right then and there. And we learn that. And we learn that we can speak in tongues and we learn we can prophesy and we learn that we can walk in faith and we learn that we have that kind of authority. But you know what? I've never heard anybody tell me that we have the authority to forgive. Has anybody ever told you that we have the authority to forgive just like Jesus Christ had the authority? If we walk with Christ and he is in us, we have authority. It's a power. It's something because guess what? Our flesh doesn't ever want to go out and pray for someone who's sick and look dumb. Our flesh doesn't ever want to say something that is not right. Have you ever wanted, have you ever heard God's voice say, tell this person something, but you doubt it, and you think, man, maybe it's not true, and, and we begin to doubt. We don't want to sound dumb. We don't want to step out and take a risk. Our flesh doesn't want it. Our flesh, guess what, doesn't want to forgive either. But it's authority that God has given us. We have authority to forgive. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion to forgive. It's a command. It's something that God has tooled us with to go through this life because guess what? In this life, we're going to be hurt. In this life, people are going to let us down. You know, everyone in this room has a different background, a different environment they grew up in, and we all have our own stories, but we have the control, the power, and the authority to forgive. And the person that wants to take that power from us is the enemy so that we can walk around in bondage, so that we can walk around in bitterness. 
Do you understand? We have authority to forgive. And when we think about it in that mentality, that if Jesus can say, I forgive you, you are forgiven, we can go up to a stranger and say, you are forgiven. We can go up to our mothers and our fathers and say, I forgive you for what you did in my past. We can go up to our grandmothers and our boyfriends and, and our coworkers and our leaders, you know, if, we, if they've hurt us in any way and say, I forgive you. If, please forgive me. We can go and we can walk in forgiveness, amen, because that is what Christ was all about. That is why he came, to forgive us of our sins. Way before we even asked. This man didn't come asking for forgiveness. This man came asking for a healing. We need to forgive freely. Forgive our brothers and our sisters. Amen? People are going to hurt us, are going to let us down. In the church, we're going to get let down because we're human. I'm human, you're human, and we all, we're all saved by grace. Amen? We're, we're not walking in some, you know, a bubble. We're human and we all have feelings and we all say things that we're not supposed to say. But if Christ can forgive, if God the Father can forgive, we can forgive. You know, we can have a list of all these things that we have against someone. You know, well, this person, you know, spoke bad about me. This person, you know, didn't treat me right, didn't share with me. This person left me in my time of need. Why should I forgive them? But guess what? We have this list, and God has a list against us. But by his love and his grace, he tears that list apart, and he throws it away, and he says, you are forgiven. So just as freely as he forgives us, we need to forgive our brothers and our sisters. You know, sometimes we think, well, they need to repent and they need to come to me and they need to beg me or they need to, you know, do something to prove to me that they deserve my forgiveness. It doesn't work that way. That's between them and God. Now it's between you and the Father. You need to forgive. Let's look at some scripture. Let's turn to um, Mark 11:25. It says, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, Forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you and your sins. Jesus. To think that we could be praying and we can be talking to God, and if we have any grudge against anybody else, he's not listening to us. That's scary to me. We need to check, ask God, check my heart, Lord. Do I have anything against anyone? We need to, we need to learn to walk in this boldness, to stay, be able to admit to someone that we have issues and we have, you know, things in our heart against them. And you know what? Honesty is the best thing. You know, Vanessa and I live together now. And then we're realizing that we have similar characters in some ways. I'm going to share. And, and there's times when we might not get along. You know, there's times. And I pulled Vanessa aside and I said, Vanessa, I love you. And I know that you're an awesome woman, and, and, but there's times, you know, and when things just don't go right. And we just started laughing about it. And I said, I don't want anything in my heart, Vanessa. I don't want there to be any foothold. I don't want there, you know, the devil to come and destroy because you know what? We're sisters. We're working in the ministry together. We live together. And so and we just squashed whatever it was. I just let it all out. And it felt good. I'm telling you, the truth will set you free. Amen? Luke 6:37. if I can find it, says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So God's saying the, way, the same way that you treat is the, is the way that you should expect to be treated. 
If you're walking around judging people, you're going to be judged. All right? If you can't forgive, you won't be forgiven. And lastly, Luke 23:34, even when Jesus Christ Jesus Christ was being persecuted when he was being when he was being killed and tortured. When he knew that his people had turned on him, his disciples had deserted him. When he was there, it was just him and the Father. He can cry out to God and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Come on. Our perfect example, Christ Jesus alone, if he can forgive, if the God, if the creator of this world can forgive, set the example, set the tone for us, we can follow by example and forgive. So today, I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes. I'm going to ask Vanessa to just go up on the, on, the, on the guitar and just play in the background and just ask yourself, Lord, is there anyone in my life that I need to forgive? Is there anyone in my life that, that needs to forgive me? Have I done any wrong towards someone? Have I spoken down on someone? Have I treated them badly, Lord? Have I judged them? Have I condemned them, Lord? Even though I am a sinner, Father, show me. Show me in this place tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we want to come in your presence and we want to stand there and we want to talk and fellowship with you, Lord. And we want to ask you, dear God, for blessings and we want to ask you, dear God, for your mighty hand to move. But if we are not right, Father, with you, your word says that you don't hear us, dear God. Your word says that we need to leave everything at the altar and go make it right with our brothers and our sisters, my God. I pray that in this room, Father, our, us, dear God, your children, Father, who call ourselves by your name, dear God. Father, I pray that we, dear God, would forgive as you have forgiven, Father, that the world, dear God, would not look at us like hypocrites, dear God. We would not look at us like if we're proud, dear God, and we're holier than thou, my God. I pray, Father, that we would walk, dear God, in that humility, Lord, knowing, believing, understanding that we were once sinners and we've been forgiven, dear God. So we need to show the world, dear God, that. We need to show the world that side, dear God. I pray, my God, that you would just search our hearts right now, Holy Spirit. Take away, dear God, all the bitterness in our heart, Father. There's people in this room who are holding on to grudges. They don't even know why. Father, I pray that you would break those tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Grudges that have been going on for years, we just bind them up right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Hatred towards a family member, I bind it up right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Satan, I come against your attacks. I come against the hate, the hatred that you bring in Jesus' name. And I declare it gone. I declare every leader in this room, every visitor in this room, to be set free by the blood of the Lamb tonight in Jesus' name. I declare that you would walk in the authority to forgive. I declare that you would walk in that authority. That you would walk in that authority. That you would grab a hold of it. And that when the enemy comes and tries to break in and penetrate your heart, you would forgive. You would forgive immediately and you would not get, uh, give the devil a foothold in Jesus' name.